What's going on, over-enthusiastic construction workers? This is the Cover Band Confidential Podcast, the podcast for cover band musicians and band leaders to learn some new tricks and to find a better way. Here in Atlanta, Georgia, I am Adam Johnson. Here in Greensboro, North Carolina, Dan Ray. And I was pretty sure you were going to say, what's going on, Miller Report Scourers? Yeah, so um, we... That That hit today, it's quite a thing. We uh, we had a couple of well we're, we each have a very unique situation. Um, so this episode is brought to you by Ambient Noise. <laughs> um, currently, m- um, my house is being renovated. Uh, we took out a big fat home equity line and um, are currently getting our house resided and painted. And um, even though it is after eight p.m. Crews are still out hammering stuff into our windows for some reason. I like that work ethic. Yeah, I mean, the main thing is is that uh, when we are taping this, it is – well, we're not taping because tape is a myth. Um, hmm. uh, Maundy thir- is, it's Maundy Thursday for those yes. of you of the uh, Christian faith, uh, meaning that tomorrow is Good Friday. So um, I think the crew's intention is to get all this stuff done because uh, they have no intention of being here tomorrow. Makes sense. However, um, some severe weather is supposed to be blowing through our area, and I think they are motivated to get those windows sealed up so that, uh, you know, water doesn't get in my house. So uh, you will be hearing some uh, some hammering and some other assorted uh, tomfoolery shenanigans. Yep, there it, there is. it is. Yeah, there it boom, is. Boom, boom, boom. Yeah, yeah. Listen, meanwhile, I'm not without noise on this side. Um, my next-door neighbor is a bed and breakfast, enormous old um, house that was bought by a young couple maybe three, four years ago. And they've done a ton of work and renovated it drastically and turned it into a real great bed and breakfast and also events venues. They do weddings mm-hmm. and all kinds of stuff like that and concerts. And so tonight in their backyard, on the stage in their backyard, which I have not performed on, I ran sound on it for a show one time, um, there's a man named Michael Now, N-A-U, Mm. I guess it's now playing, who I don't know from, but he's apparently been on BBC Six, Bandcamp Weekly, and KRCW Morning Becomes Eclectic. So he's not a nobody. Okay. Um, And it sounds like he's got bass, keys, guitar, and vocals. I don't hear drums back there. Hmm. But it's one of the cool things about being here is they put on these shows next door that if I want to, I can tune into, and I have an open invite. I don't even need a ticket. I can just show up because I'm the next door neighbor who could raise a fuss about it. That's true. Not that I'm going to. uh, or I can turn on the TV, and it's never loud enough that I can I can't drown it out. So um, so it's all good. So just to be clear, your neighbors are the people that run the bed and breakfast, not the bed and breakfast itself. It no, is not my a neighbor, sentient being that has befriended you. The bed and breakfast itself um, has a soul and is offended. Okay, I just wanted to, I wanted to make sure the listeners were tracking. You know, we we appear to be uh, pulling in uh, larger numbers. Uh, via Facebook and also um, just based on our, our tuning innings. Yep. Um, the thing that, that has been kind of interesting about this uh, this development is that uh, if I go back and I look at the episode split, it's it starts the very beginning. So mm. every single week, without fail, there are new people turning into episode one. So Yep, yep. 
it's a good thing. You know, we're, we're hoping that, you know, and I think the, um, the backlog is, is kind of working in our favor. Uh, you know, the, the binge quality of podcasts, um, kind of lends people to be like, Oh, well, I want to tune into this cause now I have all this stuff to listen to. So totally. And here we are episode 48, right? Yep. So that's like 48 chunks of 45 minute long pieces of content. Mm-hmm. Um, that, you know, we invite you to binge. It's great. You know, it was, it's interesting to see, um, with the drama that happened over on that other Facebook group, we have had an influx of members that hasn't really slowed down actually. No, um, that, that's the interesting part is that I, am not quite sure, you know, if you're listening and you'd like to explain, um, <laughs> how this is happening or what's going yeah. on, you can email us, uh, coverbandconfidential at gmail.com. We'd love to hear it. Or you can, uh, just drop us a line on the, uh, the old Facebook page. Yep. Um, yeah. And, and, up, up to this point, you know, everybody's been polite and we're not really getting the riffraff that, you know, we're kind of plaguing that, uh, that group, but. Well, plus a group of under 200 is, you know, it's still, you can, you can almost tell people by name, you yeah. know, it's, you know, once you get above 50,000, all hope is lost of any kind of sensible conversation. Sure. And also, you know, one thing that our, our original listeners like, uh, the domain and other uh, other guys know is that if you want questions asked or answered, you just ask them because there's you know there's still a finite amount of you and it's very easy to uh, to get responses from us directly. Yeah. Plus, secretly, we're hard up for content. Yep. So We're just up. it's a big help to us. We are literally making this up as we go along because that's how this kind of uh, kind of content works. Yep. So yeah. Uh, w- I guess we'll just go ahead and, and hop in. Um, you know, some of the stuff that we want to talk about has to do with what we've got going on, so we might as well go ahead and talk about it. Yeah. Um, do you want to? Do you want to lead off or? Sure. Okay. Sure. So, um, regular listeners will know, and new listeners will not, that I have had a standing um, gig at a brewery in town here that is to do a live music name that tune pub trivia game that I basically invented. Um, and I'm open to licensing it at a very reasonable or zero fee. Just uh, <laughs> talk, talk to me about where you might want to do it. And I can tell you a little how I do. I'm happy to share it. It's a fun thing. Um, and I've been doing it every two weeks in this brewery and the, you know, some nights it totally packs the joint and some nights it a third packs the joint. Mm-hmm. And either way, it's a lot of fun. You know, even when it's not huge and big energy, it's, it's intimate and fun and nice and it's a good time and people leave happy. Um, and I've been talking to the owner of the place. Um, I approached him, um, to support one of his bartenders who really wanted to put a music program together there. It's, uh, you know, performers coming yeah. in on Friday nights to play. Um, and she sort of didn't know how to talk to him about it and she didn't really have any contacts in music and it, it, the scene locally didn't really have any idea. They had had before a bartender who was also a musician and who kind of booked his buddies playing sort of crummy originals over in the corner mm-hmm. and it never really picked up an audience and it just cost him money and he he canceled it after a while. So we were coming to him to sort of say, look, if we if we brought in the prominent names around here and had them sort of on rotation fairly frequently and had it regularly, like weekly, really no kidding, weekly and built an audience around it. You know, would you be game to try that with us? And he said, yeah, if we, if we approach it like that, then fine. And so we did that. 
And um, in the same conversation, I asked him for a raise for the trivia because I was getting 50 bucks a time and it just was not covering my cost because it was an expensive thing to prep for, frankly. Yeah. Um, so we went to 100 bucks for it. Okay. So after the last one, he approached me on Facebook, which is how we talk, Facebook. Oh, okay. And said um, – Except for that, we sat down and had a meeting about that whole conversation I just relayed. But mostly we talked on Facebook. He said, um, I'm worried about the times when there are a few people there. I'm worried about people leaving disappointed. What do you think about going down to every four weeks instead of every two? So once a month, roughly. Yeah, roughly. And um, – and, you know, he and I have had a conversation that was very much about, like, him being clear that I understand the purpose of live music in a taproom environment is to sell beer. Yes. Right? That I'm under no pretense or illusion that he is a patron of the arts and that he's going to fund, you know, music that isn't giving him a return. Correct. Right? He's clear that I'm clear about that. Um, so this, this message was funny to me and it sounded like there was something else afoot. Okay, because <laughs> people leaving disappointed just isn't a thing. And you know, if he if he he hasn't actually been around for any of these shows, but you know, nobody's leaving my show disappointed. Everybody's even if there are only a few of them, they're happy they were there and they had a good time and it was a small, quiet, intimate affair. And you know, leaving disappointed is just not a thing he needs to be worried about. So I replied and I told him that, and I said, but um, I I do imagine there have been some nights where you haven't recouped your cost on it. And I'd certainly want to talk to you about that. Yeah. And he came back and said, well, yeah, that is a concern. And, you know, frankly, part of what I'm thinking about. And in the course of our conversation, it worked out that for him, a break-even night is 20 bodies in the room. Okay. Which, looking back on it, I really should have gotten clear with him when we had that meeting. Yeah. You know, if he has a measure that is our measure of success, um, uh, it was a failure on my part to leave that meeting not, not knowing that, that information. Right? Sure. Yeah. So um, I said, got it. 20. Okay. I can work with that. And and I came to the next one. I guess we had this conversation before the last one I did. Okay. Went and did the last one. And, you know, now that I know 20 is a number to hit, I'm looking around the room at the peak of where the room is in the night and it's 14. And 14 is pretty full for that space. 20 is actually quite a lot in that space. Yeah. Um, and so the next morning I hit him back up on Facebook and said, okay, look, I did 14 last night. Um, I think I've maybe only hit 20 two or three times. So I completely get the concern. The question is whether backing down to every four weeks would double our audience or if that would just dilute whatever momentum we've got. Sure. And I really don't know the answer to that, but it seems like it's worth experimenting with. So let's schedule the next one for four weeks out. And we'll just see what we get. We'll, you know, we'll advertise it like it's a big event because it will be rare enough that it will be. And just see what we get. And he said, great, sounds good. So um, so that next one is scheduled for May 1st. Now, he actually just reached out to me and wants to change it up so that um, we're doing music every second Wednesday and pub trivia every fourth Wednesday. So it's like he wants to push me back a week just for scheduling consistency, which is fine. Yeah. Um, but here's the, the reason I wanted to share with that with you is because um, I now have a relationship with this guy where, and I've done it, I've had to do it twice to make sure he knew it. Um, 
But I now have a relationship with him where he, I think, finally fully gets that I understand his business need. Yeah. And that my intention is to fulfill that business need. And my having an every two-week gig is not more important to me than the success of it as a business endeavor. Right. Um, now, between you and me and our 160-something people at First Camp. 230 as of this week, actually. Yeah, so yeah, very keep, good. keep it moving. Just keep it moving. Um, uh, the fact is doing this show every two weeks has been a real pain in the neck. Yeah. Um, it's been a lot to prepare for. So. Well, yeah, because you're you're doing different decades basically every week. Oh, completely different. And, yeah. and you have you have set the limit on yourself that you are not going to uh, retread material. I have broken that. I okay. have broken that. Um, but mostly, there have been some nights that have been a lot of retreads. But but for the most part, I'm trying to keep it to less than half. Um, so it's just that's a self imposed sort of standard that I'm putting on myself that I'm not going to just completely redo, you know, this is going to be new material. And it's going to expand my, my repertoire. And it really sure. has done that. But, but the point is that prepping a whole new two hour show every two weeks has been intense and I have really no problem at all backing it down to once every four weeks. It's completely fine with me. Um, so, um, you know, the, the moral of the story, what I, what I want to have you take away from that is that, um, a lot of times the real business relationship, the real business um, interaction between a booker and an artist is in the unsaid. Mm-hmm. Um, they'll say things like, do you have a draw? Yep. <laughs> right? Or, or um, but, but if you get inside their head, what they're thinking is there is a certain number of bodies in the room that I can reliably count on will at least pay me back when I'm paying this artist. And, you know, he wants to have music there. He wants to be that kind of place. It just has to not cost him money. Right. And if it turns him a little profit, that's also great. Sure. Um, and I think a lot of venues are like that. Music is part of what they want to do. It just, it's, it's, if it, if it doesn't, if they go in the hole on it, it's not sustainable. Sure. I mean, that's, that's how businesses are run. Exactly. And, it's not, and, and this is definitely not something that is unique uh, to where you are. Um, no. You know, in my little closed um, acoustic gig mafia group, um, there's there was a, a conversation that you know the venues are starting to drop live music or they're shutting down altogether. Um, it's at least in our area, um, the the restaurant market is is heavily saturated and. Um, you know, it's only, you know, only the, the top restaurants are going to make it. Um, and so we, we have had, you know, venues that you could rely on just kind of stop booking or stop running altogether. So, yeah. Yeah. So the, the lesson that I, that I want to share with you guys is, um, and this is true in sales of any type, no matter what you're selling, but, um, you will do best if you can speak your customer's language and meet them where they are and have them be clear that you're out to meet their needs. Yeah. You know, when, when I was unemployed a few months ago and, and interviewing for jobs, um, one of the things I made sure to have the people I was interviewing with understand was that um, if I'm going to be reporting to them, I consider it part of my job to really understand what they're on the hook to deliver. Yeah. So that I can make sure that my work is – trending toward them delivering that. Mm -hmm. 
And, um, you know, it's the same thing here. Like, I'm, yeah, I'm a, I'm a good performer. I'm going to come in and I'm put on a great show. The people who are there are going to love it. But I want that venue to know I'm there to make them money. Yeah. Or at least not cost them money. Sure. And and I want them to understand that that doesn't – that's not – I don't consider that an act of selling out. I consider that an act of being a good business person. Right. Yeah, it's, it's kind of the um – you don't want to necessarily pitch yourself as the hero in the group, you know. What we have we've talked before that you you want to pitch yourself as the uh, as the guide to help them, you know, meet their success goals. But exactly. I think you you raised a really good point um, where you had been doing this gig for how many months at this point? Oh, three, maybe four. And you just found out like two weeks ago what. Yeah what the break even point is. And <laughs> yeah, I, I think a lot of us, when yeah. we're going into these kinds of conversations, I think that's an excellent question to ask. Like, what is your break even point? How many bodies do, do you need in the room? Yep. I think that's a perfectly reasonable question to ask an owner, you know, whether they want to answer that is kind of, you know, that's up to them, but I think it's perfectly relevant. Yeah. And, and I, you know, you might scare a couple owners cause they're not used to hearing musicians talk business. And, you know, we are somewhat in the minority there, you know, there are plenty of guys that just want to sit there and, and sing and play guitar. They don't want to talk about business. They don't want to think about it. They just want to show up and do their thing. So this is kind of one of those boo slash yay kind of situations then. Oh, you know, I'm thinking of it as yay slash yay. I'm, yeah. I'm happy not to be under the gun every two weeks to deliver. It's, it's been a fun thing to do every two weeks, but I think um, we can turn it into a kind of a special event every four and make it even even better. So I'm, yeah. I'm actually entirely happy with it. No, that's good. Good, good, good. Well, you know, it's uh, there's going to be ebbs and flows and, you know, all of the um, – you know, kind of anxiety and stuff that we feel when things are quiet, you know, at least in my world is starting to dissipate because I'm staring down the barrel of, uh, May and, um, just a lot going on. This is my last normal weekend for the foreseeable future. It looks like nice. Um, which is good cause it's Easter and, you know, family stuff and all that jazz. So. Sure, sure, sure. Um, so I'll, I'll go ahead and kind of kick into some of the stuff that we've been, uh, what we've got going on. Yeah. Um, well, actually, before we did that, you had mentioned something. Um, you had a new development about uh, the Lincolns and tracks. You want to go yes. ahead and yes. dig into that? Yes. So this just happened today, actually, um, while I was um, having a uh, hurry up and wait kind of day at work. Um, I've been going back through karaoke version and finding tracks for songs we played forever. So yeah. I got the track for um, Lovely Day, Bill Withers, mm-hmm. uh, Let's Dance, Bowie, um, and several others, um, Respect, Aretha, um, and some others. And, you know, as you download those, anyone who hasn't been to karaokeversion.com, you can go to this custom editor thing and uh, mute or solo individual tracks and set a level on individual tracks and set a panning on individual tracks, which means you can turn on the click track and tell it to have a, a one bar count in and slide that all the way to the left and put it in the left ear mm-hmm. and then turn off the drums, bass, lead vocal, guitars, anything else you want to play live and just leave the synths and horns and whatever else you want coming out of the track. Slide those all the way to the right channel, Buy it, hit download, and boom, that's your track. Yep. I mean, it's you don't have to do anything more than that. You don't have um, to. Th- yeah, no, you choose. You um, 
sweeten yours up with a lot of notes and commentary and yeah, we have cues or like things like verse and yeah, chorus so, and yeah. So that counts right, right exactly where I wanted to get right. So um, I was working with a track for uh, one thing leads to another by the fix. Bing, 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 does it got the wow? It does. It does. Yeah, it's really good. But and and um, yeah, and yeah, and then and then the vocals that come in like all of a sudden at the chorus, there's like this harmony vocal. It's it's nice. They kind of like yeah, the ping pongy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I have no idea what they're saying either. So good. Um, yeah, I have it written down, but. Whatever. Um, so, but getting that started, there's a click, and then the first of that yeah. happens a few bars in, but I was never really able to get it to line up with the chord pattern I was playing to it, and it just, I couldn't get it to go. Mm-hmm. Um, until I realized that they had, um, I had said, give me the four count, count in bar. Yeah. But the track itself had a bar for nothing at the beginning of it, too. Mm. So I actually had two, and then I had to count off, like, in the recording of it, the original album, there's, like, an extra bar of kind of sound effects at the beginning before the guitar riff starts. So it had that, too. So now I have to count in three bars before the guitar part is supposed to start. So I'm going to go into Reaper and clean that up a little bit. Yeah, that's that's one thing you, you know, karaoke version, and for those of you who don't know, it's karaoke-version.com. Yep. Um, it is where if you, let's say eight times out of ten, if you hear a cover band playing two tracks, that's where they're getting them. Yeah. Um, but, you know, not all tracks are created equal, and some of their tracks are better... You know, more well produced than others, yeah. and also you know because they are so generic, a lot of us want to try to do things differently, switch some stuff up. So uh, while you know, you know, uh, I'm dating myself, but in my day, um, karaoke version <laughs> didn't have the mixing function. You had to download those bad boys one at a time. Yeah, yeah. You, very, well, yeah you also can download them as separate. Stems individual and tracks um, it yourself yeah it's a well that was like i said before that that was the only option so right. um you know in that situation you know you still probably you know you may have to throw it into a dot at some point and uh do a couple of things um, well so here's what i here's what i realized is um i can take the lead vocal track and pan it all the way left so it's there with the click. So it's not going to come out in the mains. It's only yep. going to be in the in-ears. And I can drop it down to about 25 30% and leave it on the track as a guide. Mm-hmm. And um, so that was the epiphany I had today. And I and I started building a few of those and um, suddenly was not lost at all. Yeah. I, you know, listening through to them and imagining myself playing with them, like I was like totally clear at every moment exactly where I was supposed to be. It was amazing. Game changer. The only trick will be to see if I can sing them my way without um, being influenced by the Eastern European person doing an impression <laughs> of Aretha Franklin in my left ear. You know, right. That's it's, it could be a challenge. But um, but it, it certainly makes the track a lot easier to play with if you have the lead vocal as a secret internal guide track. Sure. Yeah. Um, what I typically do is, especially when I'm because I'm adding cues for song sections, is I'll, I'll mix the track the way I want it on a karaoke version, download it, and then just download the lead vocals um, individually. 
Mm-hmm. And just you, I'm using that basically to set the template of where all those cues are. But mm-hmm. occasionally, for things like you're talking about, um, you know, you'll leave them in on the on the cue side so that um, you know the musicians can hear it, but the crowd can't. Right. Um, the biggest, I guess, most flagrant one that I have is we do "Let's Go Crazy" mm-hmm. by uh, you know his Purple Holiness. Yeah, you sent me that track. And yeah, so on that one, you know, that opening part is the Dearly Beloved is, you know, it's an integral part of that song. So we leave it in. But because that the keys are being played kind of not to a click at all, really, um, it's really hard to kind of find your way. So I just took the, you know, his little soliloquy there and I panned it to the left. And so that's what I use to, uh, to cue up and make sure I'm in the right spot. Oh, so, oh, you know, when I listened to that, I didn't understand the panning that I was listening to. So the keys are from the track, and they're coming out the mains. They're yep. part of the track you're playing to. Yep. And then Prince's vocal is in the cue track. Yep. I see. So that's just for me. I see. Yeah, I wondered about that. Yeah, that makes sense. And then in um, one of one of our song, one of our, we have a, a really long medley, and the the keys modulate even though the tempo stays the same. So we will use the um, it, just the first part of the vocal just to sit, make sure that you know we have the right reference notes, mm-hmm. and then they basically fade out you know halfway through the first you know part of the of the verses. So it's just there, and then it and then it just kind of goes away. Yeah, I'm thinking about maybe um, doing exactly that, pulling down the vocal separately and laying it in there, and then and then letting it you know, you know pulling it out as the track goes on. Yeah. It really, the most important part of it is the beginning of it because, yes. you know, for instance, in, in One Thing Leads to Another, it's just, you know, uh, a metronome clicking in your left ear and you just got to know how many beats in to start playing and singing and that's that's tough. Yeah, I mean, that's why we use the guides. So, like, right, what, right. what we do with the core, like, you know, if, if something's coming in on the, you know, the beat before you're supposed to start, it'll say verse, and then you know the deception just to kind of kick in right there. So, or even like one, two, three, four, like that kind of thing. Right. right. It can all be done. You know, it's. I've definitely you know you get into a kind of workflow when you're building tracks. Uh, I've got I think two I've got to make in the next week um, for uh, for some stuff that we've got coming up. So I'll be back in it for sure. Cool. Well, um, after our next show, which is next weekend on the 27th, mm-hmm. I will um, certainly have more to say about playing with tracks. It'll be our first time really doing it for more than just one sort yeah. of pilot fish tune. So um, speaking of tracks and playback and that kind of thing, um, I I talked about it, I don't know, it's probably been six months to a year ago uh, that we had tried out Band Helper, but I have uh, I have come back around to it. Um, just with the, um, with the pay, with the, just with what we've got going on, it would be nice to have some of the administrative stuff, uh, streamlined and it all be in one spot. So, um, I have signed up for Van Helper again and I'm in the process of, um, importing, cataloging, organizing, and setting up, um, all the charts and stuff for our set lists. And, um, it's you know that's kind of one of the things that I can kind of do you know two minutes here three minutes there uh, mm-hmm. at work and get everything organized and you know thinking about using the iPad uh, for playback for tracks instead of a laptop yep 
which would free the laptop up to do more interesting things. Um, you know, I still, we, we, we both have key tars that we right. have not been using. Um, That's right. so the key tar might make its way back out. And, and, um, so I'll be picking Yuri definitely about, um, about band helper. Cause I will it's, say, I, I am a, a power user of band helper. And, um, one of the most important things about band helper for me is the, the developer behind it, whose name is Arlo mm-hmm. Beach, um, is so accessible and available. You put in a feature request or a bug report and pretty much he responds to it personally within a, an hour or two. Um, and, uh, there are features in it right now that I suggested, which is like, you know, that if you want to make a, a, a lifer out of a, out of a user, you do that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And, you know, both of us working for develop and mm-hmm. software companies uh, know how difficult doing that kind of stuff can be, yeah. and that's the, the thing about that program is that it's it's like it's it's one of those really ridiculous Swiss Army knives that like the rich kids and scouts would have that are like way too big and have too yeah. many things. Yeah. That's really what it feels like. I need it for like a very small handful of things, and just trying to figure it, find my way around has been uh, interesting. You know, even if you never use um, a prompter on stage, I think being able to distribute set lists to your people, you know, so they can prepare mm-hmm. stuff is is an amazing feature of it. I uploaded all of these um, tracks to it so that I can play from it. Yep. And, um, and this evening, just before we started recording, I actually went on my uh, group chat with the band and said, hey, you know, check out these tracks I just uploaded, you know, trying out putting the lead vocal in the guide track so we hear you know and and um scott my bassist came back and said yeah i noticed you did that i was playing along with someone this afternoon they sound great you know imagine you know 20 years ago trying to be that coordinated yeah that you know the tools we have now just make life so much easier yeah the thing the 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 impetus of that besides using an ipad for tracks is um we just had some scheduling issues and one of the things that band helper um has is is a uh is a scheduling thing that yep. sends emails out that require responses and it'll do mm-hmm. SMS notifications and reminders and things. And, uh, we just had a couple of things fall through the cracks and I was just like, enough's enough. Let's go ahead and streamline this. Let's get familiar with it. Let's go ahead and start using it because, you know, if we are going to, you know, in fact be this agency and have this rotating cast of players doing these gigs, then we need to have the flexibility to, um, but also the you know administrative firepower to make sure that all the spots get filled and all that jazz. Totally. You know the other beautiful thing about um, that app is that you can, um, if you buy enough seats, you can give one to each of your sort of rotating cast of characters, mm-hmm. and then put them on different shows and set lists, and they'll be able to see just the stuff that's relevant to them. Mm-hmm. Um, it's pretty clever. Yeah, we're we're at the pro level at this point because it's like up to twenty. Mm-hmm. That feels like the right number, <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, for this current situation. So, yep. The other thing you can do with it, it, it has the ability to do different projects within mm-hmm. your account. So, I have a project for the Clanky Lincolns, and I have a project for acoustic. And the the material, the repertoire in them, can be shared between them, or can be unique to one or the other. Yeah, I'm gonna have and, to look uh, into that because I dumped everything out of my on-song library into there and it's, uh, it's 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 really it's a slog to try to like figure out what's what you know what's gonna be your best friend is um batch Smart. changing inside the song interface. Yep. i've been doing that um adding tags mm-hmm in, in that whole deal and smart yeah. groups and that kind of thing. Yes, so. yes, yes. It's an amazing app. It really is well done. It's, it's really yeah, well done. very comprehensive. Um, 
I, I, my my current concern is that the iPad I have may not be uh, strong enough to run the whole deal as well as it needs to. I don't think it takes too. Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't know. You have to experiment, I guess. I don't. Yeah, I've, I'm. You know, because I'm still putting content in and syncing a lot. I've had it. I had like four or five instances today where it locked up on me, oh, which is wow. no bueno. No, that's not great. So, anywho, um, so we were talking about instrumentation and stuff and doing things we weren't. You know, we haven't been doing like playing guitar. Um, part of what I've got. Uh, coming up uh, this coming weekend is that uh, kick off my whole gigging season with uh, three shows and three days with three bands. Uh, Friday night is uh, members only's triumphant return to a venue that we played uh, in January. Um, Saturday I'm playing at the uh, the Brave Stadium at the Roxy Theater for an event there with another band, and then I'm playing Sunday morning uh, doing some worship music. Um, so the the band on Saturday is a, a group called Saved by the Band, and um, friends of mine, you know, played in other projects with them, uh, and their material overlaps with our material a fair amount, but not you know completely. And so their guitar player reached out to me and said, hey, I can't fill this date. Can you play it? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I think I can do that. So um, I got the material and I've been working on it kind of little by little and then went to Disney World. And our first rehearsal was the week that I came back. So like I had three days back from Disney to do any sort of shedding and and be ready for this uh, rehearsal. And I don't know what, you know, I just don't think my head was in the game and I was like, I don't know this stuff as well as I could, but I, I can get through this rehearsal. It's not going to be a big deal. You know, you're a guitar player, you're a, a professional or whatever, you know, your talent can get you through this, uh, through this rehearsal. And, um, <laughs> it became very abundantly clear about, you know, a quarter of the way into this rehearsal that I was not prepared. Um, and as a person who is a perfectionist and a very self-critical person, um, I was really in a in a terrible headspace about it. Um, I started noticing, like you know, they were making eye contact with me, um, and it, they were frustrated, and that made me even more frustrated. It was it was not uh, it was not a good scene, mm-hmm. and you know, I made it through, and I I was able to. Uh, I, I feel like I was able to convey to them that I had critically listened to all of the material and had gone through the process of, you know, picking parts out, but I didn't show up prepared. Like I didn't go and I didn't play the songs as well as I, as I could have. And I brought the wrong gear. The guitar that I brought just wasn't cutting it. And I was playing through another person's amp and it wasn't dialed in the way that I liked it. And so like my guitar sounded bad and my playing was bad. And I feel like the guitar sound made my bad playing more obvious. And it was just this whole thing. Um, actually after that rehearsal, I, I feel like I either texted or called you and I was just like, dude, I completely just blew this. You did. You texted me. Yeah. Um, and we've all been in those situations where, you know, we, we let, we let somebody down and, and, and in a way kind of let ourselves down. Um, and I, I, I beat myself up relentlessly about this whole thing, um, Because I, you know, as musicians and as professionals, we are only as good as our reputation. And um, I knew that 
I did not um, serve my reputation well um, being as unprepared as I was. So a part of me just wanted to like, you know, crawl under a rock and, and you know, never come out. Right. But I knew that that wasn't really an option. So um, I decided that I was going to do something about it. So uh, I, I got my little Steinberger, my, my lovely little, you know, mini Guitar Hero guitar. And I have basically taken that guitar everywhere I go since that rehearsal, that bad rehearsal. I was taking it to work. I was playing it before I went into work. I was playing it during work. I was playing it on my lunch break. I have probably played more guitar in the past week um, than I have in easily the last six months of mm. my you know deal. Because as as a you know as the lead singer MD, I don't really need to shed stuff very much. I know what I need to play, and it's usually just bits and pieces of things. But like this one. You know, I just really I I miscalculated what they were looking for, and what I what what I was trying to do is I was trying to focus on things that their guitar player would have focused on because he's a very technical player. So I sat there and I worked on Jesse's girl solo and hit me with the best shot solo, like just drilling and drilling and drilling. And, and what I realized is that I spent all that time focusing on these two things and like completely neglected everything else. Mm. So. You know, they they basically like say, "Hey, we don't we don't need you to be Matt. That's his name. You know, we need you to come in and, and just be yourself." And 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 in realizing that, I was like, "Oh, I it just totally kind of set me free." And I was like, "Oh, they don't they don't want Matt. They just want the best version of me." Great. So I worked these songs and I worked them and I worked them and I went and I got my amp out of storage and um, plugged that bad boy in and. Uh, tweaked my tone i'm i'm using the helix as a board because they they requested you know a live amp for this gig um and i dialed that in and i went into uh we had the follow-up rehearsal last night and with the exception of there being just kind of a miscommunication there was apparently uh, an updated song list that was supposed to go out but nobody got including me um i went out and i i did what i should have done the first week and I just I nailed it. Nice. And um, everybody was complimentary. Like I even got a text from the drummer. He's like, "Hey man, I appreciate you putting in the work. You did fantastic." Last like it was just it felt really good to kind of get on the other side of it. Yeah. And um, it just as a as a singer, I sometimes kind of think to myself, "Oh, you know, you're not really a guitar player. You're you're a singer that plays guitar." Uh, but I felt like a guitar player last night. Yep. Um, and man, I, I'm. I really like playing uh, in a room with amps. It <laughs> it's fun. <laughs> there is something about it, isn't there? My ears ring, but uh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's that about it. <laughs> but yeah, man, it was uh, it was just fun to kind of be in a room and 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 do that. Yeah. Um, and on a related note, um, we've just got a lot of really interesting requests this past couple of weeks. Um, I got a call the beginning of. Yeah, I guess it was the end of last week um, about playing a show as a fill-in for another band. So not like just like going in and playing another band songs, but like just playing as a group under a different name. Huh. Um, which 
at a certain level, um, you know, a lot of these event bands kind of brand themselves and due to the volume of the business that they have, you know, they have multiple lineups. And right, um, right. so they start subbing out work to other people. And when, you know, when that doesn't, when that scheduling doesn't work out, they, you know, they start farming it out to other groups. Um, so this would be a situation where uh, it would be a four piece where I would be the guitar player and the singer. Um, and we're just going to play some some event, some luau in Oxford, Alabama. And what's the name you'll be playing? Um, I'm not going to mention that right. because, you know, it's, it, it is a kind of a deal. Um, that being said, I am going to um, advertise it under the ATL Party Bands banner and probably the High Class Party Band banner sure. um, that were set up in a different configuration that isn't, you know, uh, members-only jackets playing private events. Yeah. That's just better promo for us. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. Your your ability to do that is, uh, is you know, another differentiator. Yeah. So, you know, listen, going back to what we were talking about before, um, one thing that, I, you know, is a, is a worthy takeaway from the rehearsals conversation is you, you want to have a powerful conversation, a powerful relationship with failure. Yeah. Um, you know, if... We all put our heart on the line, right? And so failure obviously crushes us, and that's just how it is. But um, you want to you want to start to have failure be a learning opportunity rather than a uh, something you have to run from or hide from or take super personally. Yeah. You know, there's a a, a concept. I've been I'm, at work. I've been digging real deeply into Scrum and Agile and sort of the whole philosophy behind that. And um, there's this concept in in Scrum team building called psychological safety, which basically is the the freedom that an individual feels to um, fail publicly or to yeah. take risks in front of their team, and and um, and and the the assertion is that all innovation and most of a team's high performance comes from a high level of psychological safety. Mm-hmm. So, you know, most of us only have ourselves, you know, as you said, like we're our own worst critic, but um, being able to fail in front of yourself, you know, and have that not be the end of the game, but rather something that informs the action you're going to take next. Yeah. You know, that, that is, that is the grown up professional move. Um, For sure. And, and, uh, you know, so it's just, it is a really, really great example of that. I just didn't want to let that go by unnoted. Yeah, I will. Um, I'll, I'll quote C.S. Lewis, pretty smart guy. Yeah. Failures, repeated failures, are finger posts on the road to achievement. One fails forward toward success. I like that. It's pretty good. Fail, I like that. Failing forward. I like that. So that's what, what it, you know. I, I I I I internalized that you know that feeling. I was like, I don't want to do that again. I want to do well. Yeah. And I did something about it. I yeah. worked my butt off and yeah. That was that. Yeah. One of my um, agile uh, guru people who I follow, uh, a guy named Bob Galen, once told a story about having to take it, take a bunch of leaders aside and, and like challenge them about not failing enough. Hmm. Like you guys aren't failing enough. I need you to go fail more. That's good. Right? I don't know if my um, – I think anybody's told my bosses that. <laughs> well, they, they, they seem to be doing a pretty good job of it uh, on their own. Well, perfect. As long as they're learning, that's the point. I don't know if that's the. I don't know if that's happening. Yeah. Well, that's a problem. Anywho, that's neither here nor there. 
Um, so, uh, you know, besides being, you know, a, a faceless band to, <laughs> to another organization, um, we got a couple of other interesting, uh, offers. Um, we're going to be playing a karaoke gig. Nice. At the Georgia theater of all places in Athens, Georgia, which is a very Fine. prestigious, um, location. Um, it was just kind of by happenstance that they they asked us, and then they were like, "Can you do karaoke?" Now I don't know what their expectations of the evening are. We are going to do our we're going to do what we can to accommodate what they are looking for. But the um, my concern is as follows: It is for um, the Georgia Mock Trial Association, and so mock trial would in in you know insinuate that it's not a real trial. Uh, and that it is for high schoolers. Yes, I did it. So, um, as a high schooler at an event from a with a bunch of different people from other schools in your state, would you sing karaoke on a big stage in front of a bunch of people with a live <laughs> band? Well, you're asking the wrong guy. <laughs> I absolutely would, but I'm a complete weirdo. So, right. Yeah. That's that's what I'm concerned with is that I don't know if we can provide – or I, I know that we can provide what they are asking for. I just don't know if we are going to get the buy-in from the audience that they are anticipating. Well, I would say that mock trial people tend to be performers. They tend to be actor types. Um, but on the debater side of actors, so nerdier, thinkier, yeah. sort of logic-y type people, but performers. And um, – uh, you know, I think I bet it'll be the same as most any sort of karaoke thing where you'll have three to six people who completely monopolize the opportunity and then, you know, most people just sit and watch. Yeah. You know, on our end, we're trying to kind of mentally kind of prepare for a gig like that because inherently, I mean, you're playing the same show. It's just you, there's no singer. And your job is to kind of help them along. Right. Yep. So um, it'll be interesting. And it is another, again, another thing that we can offer our clients. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, it's just another th – there's just been a lot of movement in, in, in the members-only camp and the APB camp. Uh, the other thing that's been happening is that I've been getting emails from other large bands who want to partner – Cool. And kind of do the same kind of thing where they're kind of, you know, we're basically exchanging work. Yeah. Uh, if somebody's booked, I think I, I think my, my website was pretty enough that they were like, oh. <laughs> yeah, here's somebody doing that thing. Yeah, and one of them was a, is a band that we've played with before that, you know, does like big corporate events in Vegas and, you know, cool. sh big schmancy stuff. And I don't know yeah. if they're looking for us to show, to give them work. Um, I don't have any work to give them, but <laughs> it, it – it's been kind of interesting. So just a lot of moving and shaking. Um, you know, Very nobody's cool. quitting their day job anytime soon, but it's exciting. That's great. Yeah. So those are my main things. Um, you know, embracing failure and, um, making money and doing other things. Um, there'll be lots to talk about, done. um, you know, the following week after we have all these gigs. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's very cool. 
All right, well, that probably does it for this week. Though. Yeah, you know, we've we've been rattling on long enough. Um, want to thank all of our new listeners, and if you are listening to our podcast for the first time. I guess you can go ahead and finish it because it's over. But I would suggest starting back at the beginning and kind of following along. Um, you know, we try to cover things comprehensively. And, you know, once you get past the um, the initial stuff, a lot of the things that we are talking about now make a lot more sense. That's true. So uh, I'll go ahead and call it for this week then. From Atlanta, Georgia, I am Adam Johnson. Greensboro, North Carolina. I'm Dan Wright. You have been listening to the Cover Band Confidential Podcast, episode 48. For real this time. Have a great week. 